Hey everyone, and welcome to Bar Talk, the official podcast of the North Carolina State Bar. I'm Peter Bolak, and I'm here with Brian Oten, and I feel like it's important to mention our sponsor for today's podcast, Taylor Swift's new album, Midnight's. Meet me at midnight. We've really appreciated our relationship with Taylor over the years and her support of this podcast. Uh, But today we want to talk about uh, the annual meeting of the North Carolina State Bar that happened uh, a couple of weeks ago in October and give you an update on all the things that happened and all the committee work, ethics opinions, grievance numbers, uh, and all the news from here in Raleigh at the North Carolina State Bar. Okay, but before we go further, I do feel like we need to, since we're an ethics agency, clarify that no, Taylor Swift is not aff- affiliated with this podcast in any way, uh, but we certainly would hope that she would be. So Taylor, yeah. if you're listening, yeah, by all means, I mean, give us we, a call. Our listening numbers are, are close to Taylor's in a lot of ways. <laughs> Um, so at the, uh, at the meeting a couple of weeks ago, Brian, we had, uh, we had a great inaugural dinner for our new president, Marcy Armstrong. Yes. Uh, she takes over the reins from Darren Jordan, who had a great year as president. Uh, Marcy is a, a family lawyer, uh, from Smithfield and she's been an officer with the state bar now for a few years and was a counselor before that. And we're just thrilled to death to have Marcy as our president. Uh, taking the spot of president-elect is Todd Brown, a lawyer from Charlotte. And our new vice president, who was elected at the meeting, is Matt Smith, a lawyer from Eden, North Carolina. Eden is a, is a place in North Carolina, guys. You should check it on a map. It, it does exist. We've confirmed um, this. We had to look into it, but it does exist. Yeah, but Matt is going to be a great officer, and we're excited to have him. Uh, so that happened on Thursday night, and then Friday morning at the at the State Bar Council meeting, we were honored to have Chief Justice Newby address us on the state of uh, the judiciary and give us an update on, on what's going on with the Administrative Office of the Courts, uh, talking about e-courts and opening up the courthouses and access and his trips across the state. And it's always an honor to have the chief uh, speak to us uh, in person. Uh, but now to the meat of the meat of the meeting. Uh, let's talk about what's going on with some of these important committees. Brian, uh, the ethics committee was out in full force again yes. uh, this past quarter. Uh, I know that there were some new inquiries and an, and an adopted ethics opinion. Why don't yeah. you tell me about those? Sure. So the new inquiries, uh, we've got a couple of uh, new inquiries this quarter, two in particular, one dealing with uh, a lawyer who's serving as a mediator and wants to draft an agreement between pro se parties. This was an issue that was brought to us by the Dispute Resolution Commission. Uh, so we're looking into that and certainly are looking for a lot of feedback from other mediators that are out there uh, on the topic. Uh, we also have another inquiry uh, addressing the confidentiality that can be important Posed in a settlement agreement. Um, you know, certainly there's a lot of different confidentiality provisions that can impose upon the parties and even to some extent the lawyers, but exactly what extent can confidentiality be imposed upon a lawyer in talking about uh, a case after the representation is concluded? That's a question that's been posed to us, uh, and uh, the uh, Ethics Committee appointed a subcommittee to study that very issue. Uh, we also had one new opinion adopted after publication the prior quarter. It deals with a very nuanced issue of a lawyer that's calling a public adjuster uh, who's also serving as a witness uh, in a particular case when that public adjuster is being paid a contingency fee. That's a statute authorized contingency fee. So the opinion says that a lawyer can do just that, even though there's a general prohibition on paying uh, a witness uh, for their appearance at court. Uh, but it would encourage folks, uh, if you deal with that area of law, take a look at that uh, ethics opinion. It's 2022 FEO5. That is one of those ones that uh, keeps us all up at night, Brian. And I'm yes. glad you guys got that resolved. <laughs> 
Um, We're here to serve. That's right. <laughs> and the ethics committee is hard at work on a number of other issues. Brian, I know there's some active subcommittees. Why don't you just uh, title those for me? Yeah, that's right. So um, we had, uh, uh, I guess, another quarter of meetings. We actually had two meetings of a subcommittee studying an inquiry concerning the sale of a law practice uh, and uh, really how you deal with old client files because there's a lot of practices out there that are looking to be sold, looking to be transferred to a new attorney. Um, but what you do with those client files can be a very tricky thing depending upon the, the practice area that you're in. So that committee met twice this past uh, quarter and they're going to continue to meet as they try to hammer out uh, an opinion that offers sufficient guidance to all lawyers. Um, and, but we have another uh, uh, inquiry that remains in subcommittee and this is the one dealing with Billing for overlapping services. Yeah, th we talked about this uh, the last couple podcasts, or at least the last one, and and it's you know it felt like we were headed towards uh, an e a relatively easy resolution on right. on uh, the idea that a lawyer who is is billing uh, one client for their time in a certain matter for whatever they're doing uh, has a duty not to to bill another client this you know their regular rate and needs to kind of offset those those charges or or not bill the second client or you know the idea of not billing more hours than there are in a day or that you're using right. and i thought we you know it seemed like we were on a pretty good path but you know as in a lot of these things with ethics, it, it's become a little bit uh, trickier and more nuanced than we originally thought. Yeah, that's right. Some th sometimes things just seem simple and straightforward, but when you get into the weeds, um, you really find out how nuanced uh, the issue is. And, and really, the Ethics Committee strives to, to publish ethics opinions that offer guidance um, that don't necessarily hinder a lawyer's ability to practice, um, but you know, ultimately protect the public. And I think that's one of the issues here of just, you know, what does the public expect? What sort of harm are we dealing with? And, and what's the most practical thing to impose here? So um, this inquiry uh, was published previously. We got a, a fair amount of comments on it, and it is being studied by a subcommittee. It's going to remain in subcommittee for at least one more quarter as we try to figure out the answer. But we're certainly hearing more voices. And if anybody out there is listening and has an opinion on this particular topic, feel free to submit your opinions uh, to ethicscomments at ncbar.gov or uh, tune in to the subcommittee meeting, which will be streamed on the State Bar's YouTube channel. And a lot like the, the previous subcommittee you mentioned, a sale of a law practice, a, a lot of this stems with the difficulty of trying to craft opinions and rules that apply to all different types of practice. That's right. And so, you know, that's that's the difficulty. You want to have a rule that's clear enough that gives guidance to all the different kinds of lawyers out there, and and we'll we'll get there. It would just take a little extra time. Right. Um, the 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 last subcommittee, Brian, is um, an interesting uh, study on uh, an amendment to Rule 1.8e about. Uh, gifts or uh, monetary loans uh, money uh, to clients right yeah yeah so not point, loans but yeah gifts, not yeah. loans more so financial assistance 1.8e right. um, for all you ethics nerds out there 1.8e deals with or provides a prohibition uh, for providing financial assistance to litigation clients um, and it's something that uh, you know there's there's some we won't get into the the, the details of the purpose of this, uh, uh, this well you rule. never really wanted people to use that as a, a 
a way to attract clients That's, or to offer things as in you know yes. incentive to using them as a lawyer. Right? I was I wasn't going to say it, but now you're going to make me refer to champerty and maintenance. That was oh, the God. purpose of the uh, of the the prohibition. I'm out of here. <laughs> so the uh, but uh, but really the the thing that um, brought this to the ethics committee's attention was in 2020 the model rules, um, which reflected our North Carolina rule. The model rules uh, were amended to insert a humanitarian exception. And this exception essentially creates a very limited circumstance where a lawyer could provide financial assistance for basic living expenses to a client. Those limited uh, circumstances, though, uh, the lawyer has to be representing an indigent client pro bono. Uh, and if they are in that particular situation, whether they are uh, an individual lawyer representing uh, an indigent client pro bono or they're working through uh, legal aid or a, a law school clinic, you can provide modest gifts for basic living expenses. But there are some um, parameters there that essentially the lawyer can't advertise the ability to provide these gifts. Um, they can't make any promises to induce the client to retain their services and they can't request repayment of these gifts. So um, that's the amendment that's in the model rules. It was passed in 2020, and it's something that the Ethics Committee wants to take on now to study whether it should be included in North Carolina as well. I think that's really uh, an interesting one and hopefully can come to a good resolution that's helpful to everyone. Right. Uh, so that's the work of the Ethics Committee this quarter. Again, uh, as Brian mentioned, if you have ideas or thoughts or comments on any of these issues, please send them in to uh, ethics comments at ncbar.gov. You can send them to us directly. Um, and, and we really want to consider those. And, and the committee always considers any comments that we receive. Absolutely. A big announcement uh, from yours, uh, your Brian and Peter friends here at the podcast. <laughs> uh, the October meeting is the meeting in which the council sets the dues and recommends the amount for the client security fund assessment each year. Uh, and once again, the dues are, are going to be set at $300. Uh, that is, uh, continues the streak of the longest period of time without a dues increase in state bar history. Uh, that, that will be 300 And even better news is that the client security funds uh, operating budgets are sufficient at the moment to which the state bar council and the client security fund board have recommended to the Supreme Court that the assessment for the client security fund in 2023 be zero dollars zero dollars so when you're going in to pay your dues uh later this year or the beginning of next year for 2023 your bill is going to be three hundred dollars so you're actually going to see a reduction and so uh like uh like in moana you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm out of here. <laughs> All right. So, Let's talk about some rule amendments. Yeah, we got some, we got rule some breaking news, Brian, you want to share with us? Sure. So uh, we had some pending rule amendments from the past couple of months, uh, particularly dealing with the rules of professional conduct. There was an amendment to Rule 1.19 that prohibits sexual communications between a lawyer and a client. There were some amendments to the confidentiality rules, 1.6, and as well as a provision in 1.9 that deals with former clients, um, that essentially uh, says that a lawyer could talk about information of, that concerns a former client, uh, if that information is in the public record or was disclosed at a public hearing or is otherwise publicly disseminated, as long as disclosure is not detrimental to the client. Um, and so those those amendments uh, were sent to the Supreme Court after being vetted uh, by the council and approved by the council. And as of uh, Wednesday, November 2nd, 
the Supreme Court approved both of those rule amendments. So, um, and particularly with uh, regards to the the, the first uh, rule amendment I mentioned, North Carolina is the first United States jurisdiction that specifically prohibits sexual communications between lawyers and clients. Um, and of course, that amendment came from not just you know some uh, some board staff members at the state bar, but uh, from the unfortunate. Um, reports that that the state bar has received over the past couple of years of lawyers acting inappropriately and sending inappropriate messages to their clients. So that is now in the rules of professional conduct uh, and certainly would encourage everybody to visit the state bar's website to uh, review those rules, make sure they are up to date. And to revise your conduct accordingly. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) <laughs> but there were also some administrative rules that were approved. Peter, do you want to talk about some of those? Yeah, some various administrative rules. Uh, I, honestly, nothing uh, huge to report there. Um, little changes as it relates to um, seeking inactive status. Now that can happen in between quarters for lawyers who want to seek inactive status. And, and, and other small changes as it relates to how the state bar reports its uh, proposed rule changes to the Supreme Court. Uh, but I think that the biggest change, the biggest um uh, additional rule amendment uh, topic is is this proposed CLE rules? Yeah, and, and those CLE rules have been pending for a while. I, I, those yeah. of you that are listening, you've probably seen some rounds of publication. I know there's been a lot of talk about them. So, Peter, you want to give us a status? We're update going into on round those. three of publication here, um, and we've, uh, as you've probably seen in the journal and online, and and with our messaging, uh, we've been looking at these CLE rules for a really kind of a, a universal uh, approach to, to changing them, um, taking a look at how we uh, do fi- the financial side of it, how we do the annual reports, lawyers' credit requirements, the, the reporting period. Uh, and so, you know, those th- those changes continue. The CLE board continues to look at these rules. They have not been officially put up to the council for actual approval yet uh, this quarter. Uh, after um, a lot of comments and a lot of study by the board, the the board is proposing an, an amendment to its uh, proposed rules, which is, you know, we're amending our proposed amendment to the rules um, <laughs> to uh, bring carryover credit back to uh, 12 hours right. per reporting period. So initially we had proposed eliminating carryover credit. Uh, that didn't go over well with all of you. Uh, then we moved it to six hours, and now we've uh, brought back a full 12 hours of, of, of um, carryover credit for per reporting period. The CLE board is going to continue to look at the rules this quarter, including the, the proposed uh, fee schedule, and uh, take a look at the reporting period that we've proposed, the, the three-year period, and see if, if, if we still think that's the right, um, the right path for us to take. And with the hope that there will be a full set of rules to um, – present to the council in January. I think there'll be a final full publication of what the proposed rules are going to be, uh, depending on the comments of that and what we've learned. Uh, potentially in, in April, the council could see these rules put to them for potential approval and then uh, to the court. And uh, the earliest that any of these rules would become effective would, would be March of 2024. That's right. So we'll continue to, to communicate those potential uh, rule changes and anything Anything big out there will get published in the journal as well. Yeah, so everybody keep an eye on the journal, keep an eye on the State Bar's website. Uh, Again, your comments did impact uh, these proposals, and so feel free to continue to offer feedback uh, because truly the feedback makes the the end product that much better. 
Brian, we have a, a new committee at the right. State Bar uh, that had its first meeting this past quarter. That's the Access to Justice Committee. And we can talk about that. And then also as part of that, the, the study uh, inside that committee of the Legal Deserts Subcommittee. That's right. We have, uh, and this really stems from a, a variety of efforts. You know, we had a, a subcommittee studying regulatory change uh, over the past couple of years, but we also have had a number of committees and really subcommittees of the Issues Committee that have studied a variety of issues like the um, the the pay of court appointed counsel and and why folks aren't signing up for the court appointed list anymore. Um, the uh, there's just been a, a number of issues that the state bar has looked at that really do have an impact on access to justice and 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 the the public's access to the court system as well as access to legal services. Um, so the in July of this year, the state bar council appointed or created a new access to justice committee, um, and this committee is really tasked with carrying out one of the provisions in the preamble to the rules of professional conduct, which says that lawyers have a responsibility to uh, to make corrections in the system, to make efforts to ensure that everyone has access to our justice system. And so, with the access to justice committee uh, starting up here. Uh, we're looking at a variety of issues. Um, the One of the, the first meeting, really, we talked about uh, the different things that are happening in our own counties that perhaps we didn't realize were, were access to justice solutions, um, because each county is different, and each county faces its own problems. Uh, but one of the issues that they are looking at is our legal deserts. And um, I know we've talked about this before, that legal deserts is a new subcommittee studying uh, this issue of kind of a growing number of geographic regions in this state and really across the country where there is a lack of lawyers. Um, the definition of a legal desert is that there's one lawyer or less than one lawyer for every 1,000 residents. And you can imagine how that impacts not just a, somebody's access to legal services, but also say if you don't have many lawyers in that district like we have in a number of our, our counties, you may only have one or two people that are on the court appointed list. And um, for somebody who uh, is in need of appointed counsel, uh, they don't really have anyone that can take on their case and, and take that on uh, with, with the, the, the prompt uh, need for, uh, uh, for handling it as, as soon as possible. So um, ultimately, the Access to Justice Committee is going to be around for a long time, and we're going to be looking at legal deserts as well as a number of other issues, uh, uh, really, for the long haul. And, and so, uh, again, and, and we this is like a broken record, but uh, we're always interested in your ideas and thoughts and comments on this. And, you know, we are the state bar. Lawyers all together are, are the state bar, and we have to come up with these solutions. It's, it's not just uh, us here in the building or just the counselors. I mean, this is a, an effort that we all have to engage in as, as our duty under the rules and on, under the preamble that um, let's, let's, let's see what's working out there across the country and here in the state, and let's, let's, make, let's make things better. Um, so I know everyone was uh, waiting the last 15 minutes for, for the big news, and uh, that starts with the results from the Grievance Committee's meeting uh, on October 21st. Um, there were 292 items considered this past quarter. Of those 292 items, 257 of those files were dismissed. Uh, for you lawyers out there, just take that note um, that you know, we're, there isn't a concerted effort to, to go out after the, all of these lawyers. We're trying to focus our efforts on the lawyers that are, are, are committing these, you know, 
rule violations that, that really raise uh, an issue as it relates to public protection. Uh, four lawyers were referred to the Trust Account Compliance Program. Five lawyers received letters of warning. Seven lawyers received admonitions. Five lawyers received reprimands. One lawyer received a censure. And eight lawyers were referred to the Disciplinary Hearing Commission for potential trial as it relates to sus potential suspension or disbarment. Uh, so that's the grievance committee numbers, and I know the other big news that you all want to hear are the audit, the random audit counties, Brian. That's right. The random audit does continue despite this, uh, despite us entering the holiday season. Uh, so judicial districts. What a Christmas present, you know. Right? And that's that's just yeah. what the state bar does. So judicial districts uh, for the fourth quarter selected for the random audit: District 12, composed of Harnett and Lee counties, and District 22, composed of Caswell and Rockingham counties. You will be up for random audits. Uh, so uh, perhaps our random auditor and Parkin may be getting in touch with you. Well, that does it for another episode of Bar Talk. Uh, I, I really enjoyed spending the time with you here, Brian, and getting to know about the ethics process, including all that public adjuster stuff. Uh, <laughs> if, if there's anything that, uh, that you, our listeners, would like to hear uh, about, um, about the State Bar from us on, on a future podcast, please let us know. Again, send us your comments and thoughts on any of our proposed rules or proposed opinions. And uh, other than that, we'll see you next time. And have a happy holiday if you don't hear from us before January. Meet me at midnight. <laughs>